Okay. You ready? Are you excited for season two? Season two. Welcome to Persisting in Color Season 2, y'all. I'm Niara. And I'm Deb. And we missed you guys, you know? We did. Had a had some nice downtime with the holidays and and shifting into a, a, a sometimes less chaotic new year and we're back and like refreshed and ready to bring all that all that wisdom slash we're guesstimating at a lot of stuff here <laughs> how was your holiday break deborah it uh, was very restful, I'll say. Um, I think uh, it was time to reflect on the entire year and mm-hmm. um, more really what to look forward in, in the new one in, in 2021. What about you, Niara? It was good. A lot of downtime as well. I think we all all were exhausted by the time we uh, reached the end of 2020. 2020 yes not 2021 um and you know also a lot of self-reflection kind of thinking about the future and and making some realizations you know working through trauma and stuff what else do I do but um you know for a fact that I did a shit a a shit load of journaling and manifesting Mm. and really trying to like attune my energies with with what I'm what I'm trying to attract for 2021 um so was thinking instead of our WTF and our WWP we could do what we're leaving in 2020 and and what we're manifesting into 2021 what we're what we're really trucking towards you know Absolutely. I think that's a great idea. Just kick off the <laughs> you want to you wanna go first? Yeah, I can go first. I, I was happy and I'm sure and I'm going to be giving the answer, I'm sure. A whole lot of people in this country have been a waiting lot of for minorities. A lot of, yes, yes. Um, a lot of communities. There say. it is. There it is. Um, that we left 2020, um, you know, without the old president and started 2021 with a new president. Um, although so many things happened, just two weeks shy of that new president becoming president. And, um, and now we have a president who says he will represent all of us and also the freaking first southeast female black vice president who happens to be wait for it Kamala Harris Um, and so I I think you know obviously we still have so much going on in, in this new year we still obviously have 
you know, we're still in COVID times and we still have this pandemic, um, but we do have a new president, a new vice president. Hopefully um, a new era. New era. Um, we're welcoming in, you know, a new hope to look forward to, which is vaccinations. Um, and so I think that, you know, we're ushering in a new chapter and, you know, I'm not going to say obviously that we won't still go through troubles and, and tribulations and, um, you know, trials. But I think that like every year and like, like what we as humans have shown is that we overcome. Like we look back on something and we're like, shit, that was hard, but <laughs> we're still here and we're still standing um, for those who have the privilege to be able to say those words, but we, we march on. March March on. On. Uh, that's for damn Skippy. I watched the inauguration, which I was thinking like, eh, like it'll happen and I'll know what happened and that'll be enough. But wow, it was really cathartic to see the smiles and like kind of see the hope mm. on the faces of the people in attendance. Mm. Um yeah, it was it was more of a release than I was I was anticipating, which I guess kind of brings me to my what we're we're gonna leave behind, which is kind of like biting biting my tongue and putting up with things that I know are right or I know. I don't deserve or, you know, just like trusting that when I'm in or when I'm in safe spaces, which, you know, ideally I'm in most of the time, I can speak up for what I believe in and that I can, I can be my true, like my full self without walking on eggshells and just like all of that tension that comes with always being nervous, you know, about what, what's going to be the reaction. Um, so that is like very liberating. And then moving forward, I have decided that this year is the year of self-investment. So I am, I admit that I'm wildly privileged to be able to do this, but, you know, investing in like proper hardware for the things the different projects that I have going on and a major part of it is like investing time into myself I think I didn't I I thought that because I because I yogaed because I yogaed verb and meditated and you know would ebb and flow with that that I was taking time with myself and like I was taking time to invest in myself but I was forgetting about like all of the little ways throughout every day that in investing time in ourselves like what that looks like from you know taking an extra moment to like give yourself a little face massage when you're rubbing Mm -hmm. in your moisturizer to making sure I'm getting up from my desk enough I was doing okay with it but wow could have done so much more. Um, 
and you know drinking enough water which wildly i think has given me way more energy it's crazy anyway Magic of age two, yeah. but yeah just giving giving myself the time and the little ways of showing that i care that i do for those around me and those that aren't in my head and so i feel like i need to like you know prove it to them or, or putting put it outwardly facing more and in my actions and in my words kind of just turning that in inwards more so that's my hippie rant for this episode <laughs> who are we kidding i'm gonna have another one <laughs> <laughs> there you go first one of the year ladies and gentlemen Woo! i am back and better than ever <laughs> Uh, shall we dive right into today's topic um will you have the pleasure of uh sharing with uh, our audience what the first topic of the new year shall be shall be i shall um so as we as we touched on briefly there was some wild stuff that has already managed to happen in 2021 and we are 24 days in yeah, I think we're 24 days in. Um, and it really just brought to light that just because things are changing and, and things are looking upward, we still have a long way to go. And we're still going to have a lot of difficult conversations that need to happen. So the first topic of the year is going to be advice on how to support employees, especially employees that might be part of different minority communities when there is, you know, triggering or upsetting or just ridiculous information always just floating everywhere all the time. Deb, would you like to start things off? I will definitely start things off. And this is such a... I think this is such an important discussion because, you know, even though, you know, we just talked about renewing ourselves and renewing our mindsets for the new year, we can't forget and we can't um, kind of just throw away all that has happened in the last year. And, um, you know, we know that because we were so forced to, um, you know, isolate ourselves, either that's working from home, working separately, working far apart from each other, that we, as employers and the companies that we work for, um, became that much more intertwined in having to figure out and navigate how to mold business and the personal lives of our employees. And you know, we can no longer say maybe like 50 years ago or 100 years ago, you know, it was okay if a business did not give two cents about your personal life. And it was okay that you separated totally, you know, work from home. And even five years ago, that was still something that, you know, wasn't really brought up. Um, yeah I mean there was so much that wasn't brought up you know it was like all hidden and we pretended like everything was fine and um, the concept of work-life balance was so vague and had so many definitions and I think this year showed that businesses could no longer say yeah we respect your personal life or respect your um, experiences uh, without any action being taken 
and so I think that first and foremost, a very important, you know, and a very crucial step to take is you got to listen. Mm-hmm. Like you need to listen to the needs of every single employee in your company. Mm-hmm. And you have to be, you know, be open and you have to make a, a safe space for people to be able to speak so that you can listen. I think the elephant in the room will always be the, you know, what happens in the news or that event or, you know, the the news story that is, you know, on the top of the headlines. And we can't expect, you know, we can't expect our employers and our companies to sit back and, you know, wait for the, the employee to come up and say, hey, are you doing anything? Or are we allowed to talk about this? You know, it can't be that anymore. You know, I think we have to take the first step and especially me working in, you know, in people, I kind of have to just already know that no matter what we say or do, like people will already be talking about this and people will already be affected, Mm. um, you know, by this, whatever whatever it is, like people are going to be affected and in turn, the work that they do are going to be affected. So we can't act as if we're not allowed to address it or you know it's not our place to address it because at the end of the day if something so impactful like let's just say the black lives matter movement or um, some recent events that you know really attacked people of color essentially um, or showed that privilege is still very much a thing in this country Mm. We can't expect, you know, people to see that on the news in our homes Mm. um, or on the front page of a newspaper as we are heading into work and not be affected and like be able to shut that off and like just come into work and answer emails that it just doesn't work like that anymore. Um, And it's, it's, it's still crazy to me that, you know, companies out there still expect their employees to be able to shut those things off it can be as simple as you know putting out a message on slack or email Mm -hmm. um, or checking in on your teams managers can be checking in on their teams you know Mm -hmm. uh, other employees or other leaders in the company can be checking in on each other and just being like hey you know just so you know today's gonna be a shitty day only because everybody knows like yeah just saying things like hey you need to take a personal day like take a personal day if you feel like you need to shut off shut off if you know you're not going to be as productive today that's fine you know if there are crucial deadlines and really good employees are still dedicated to their deadlines like so it's not like productivity is all of a sudden thrown out the roof or you know revenue is going to be impacted no i think in a company we can have instances where we are doing work and we are still hitting deadlines but at the same time we are taking the time to process and grieve ourselves yeah i think real good leadership shows that yes at the end of the day the work is going to get done but at the same time that doesn't mean you need to be on for a whole eight hours Mm. the work can be done like you can do it, you can wrap up all your emails, you know, by, you know, 3pm. And it's completely fine for you to be able to then shut off after that. Um, And what does that come from that came from listening from 
your employees or your teams and knowing that people aren't able to do good work when they don't feel safe or they don't feel Mm. like they can be properly equipped um and i think just by taking those actions and letting people be you know have the ability to grieve that just shows they are in a safe space yeah and they're able to talk to each other and they're able to express how they're truly feeling because great like wow like my company just did that that really shows that i can really just be myself and I don't have to hide this facade of like as if I don't feel hurt right now or Mm -hmm. I don't feel like my people or my community is being attacked Um, and I can't say anything this just shows that like I don't I don't need to have to say anything and yet I'm hurt and my Mm -hmm. voice is being heard Mm -hmm. um and so yeah you know like it again like everything that I just talked about is not like this huge world-changing initiative it's you know taking a second to to have empathy yeah to acknowledge that even if it may not be viscerally impacting you know one leader or one employee or or one whatever doesn't mean that it's not viscerally impacting someone else in the company I like that you point out how it doesn't have to be this huge thing like it doesn't have to be this organized event or this big initiative, like you said, like just something as little as to say, we're going to like, who kind of leave you to what you need to do, but know that the, the option is open and the con- the door is open to start the conversation yeah. with your leadership or with management or whatever it may be. Um, I think that's, I think that's huge, especially in a time when there's so much back to back to back to back traumatic events happening everywhere it seems it's hard for employees and businesses alike to to orchestrate like whole conversations and whole reflections every single time when it's happening so yeah. frequently so i really like that and yeah. just the importance of a space a safe work space it's a fairly new concept or like a fairly new awareness to have of you know do i feel safe when I step through the, the doors at work and that not seeming like it doesn't apply because quote, like safety is a, is, is personal, not professional. Like, I don't yeah. really know where the thought process came from that it doesn't matter if you feel safe at work, but really bringing awareness to that and, and understanding what that means, understanding how it can be different from one employee to the other and yeah just like really establishing yeah. that that is a priority and someone's not going to be ridiculed or uh reprimanded or or whatever it may be for for saying right now i don't feel safe because this is missing or this is how you can help me feel safe in this environment guarantee you're not going to get employees coming to you saying so how i would feel safe is if we had a three-step security system with guns and like alarms everywhere like it's not going to be these ridiculous requests it's going to be like when you said this I felt like I couldn't then share this experience that I was having and I didn't feel safe to you know express that love that per usual Deb coming with the fire suggestions already (laughs) um and I you know I, I guess my second snapshot of things um, is very closely aligned to my first point of, you know, listening, 
lending an ear, providing a safe space. First, the, the safe space has to be created. Mm. And then after that, um, you know, further action can be taken. I don't agree that a company needs to all of a sudden be like the most progressive of progressiveness. You know, I, I although I wish, you know, it's not realistic. I yeah, think that's usually not genuine day. when it happens. <laughs> Right. Business at the end of the day is business. And, and I totally understand that. But I think picking or, or, you know, strategizing, taking the time in a year, the top three priorities uh, to help you support your employees of color or, you know, your employees who belong to certain groups or minorities mm-hmm. and taking tangible action um, that can be improved on year after year is more important than and more impactful than if you all of a sudden try to do things every single day or try to like make a vast announcement of changing the world every single day i think choosing your top three priorities you know and making it impactful is 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 so much more uh, valuable at the end of the day than trying to show your employees that you're like willing to do like a million things and take a million initiatives for example like if one of the top priorities and you know and every company will be different you can't copy and paste um what you do from one company to another because every every company's culture is different every company has different set of employees and what they value um and so you know if it's the fact that your company is lacking a group or a resource group or a network of employees that belong to a certain uh, community where they can just like gather, you know, during work times and, and talk about their experiences. So like mm-hmm. a black employee network or a, a network where queer employees can just gather and, and be able to have that community for themselves, create that space, you know, and, and if it's a DEI lead or a people team or uh, in a human resources department, like, you know, make that happen. And it's, mm-hmm. it's, it requires a small resource, you know, a small budget, but that's totally doable to, to yeah. be able to allow employees to create spaces within their spaces, mm-hmm. um, to be able to meet and share ideas and put on events and, and educate and teach the rest of the organization. I think that's, um, you know, an incredible opportunity. It could also be that you know, the company really wants, uh, you know, to really give back to charities, you know, companies that, you know, maybe match donations that help support hunger or prison reform or um, civil rights, you know, and stuff like that. It could, it could be that. It could also be that, you know, simply we want to be able to see more of people who like who look like us meaning people of color in the recruiting process i realized that you know we don't have a lot of diversity in our tech team can we please do something about that i realize there's not much diversity in our leadership team can we do something about that yeah so there's a wide range of initiatives and priorities that companies can take from my experience it does more impact when you narrow it down to, to three things and to three mm-hmm. huge initiatives that will really speak to and help you support and show your employees of color that you actually care about long-term reform rather yeah. than just quick band-aids or like quick wins. Yeah, which it certainly feels like there's a lot of those 
popping up everywhere. So be just the simple act of being genuine in your efforts and in your commitment and, and vision is going to be, is going to set you apart from the bat, from the bat, from the start. Um, I like how you kind of paired that with listening as well, because I think, first of all, like, even if you don't have the budget or the resources to have like a full-time DEI, um, diversity, equity, inclusion, manager, leader, whatever it may be, three is manageable. Someone on the team can, can do three or, or three people on your team can do three. <laughs> um, but I like how you tied it to listening because I think it's really easy for companies especially especially on kind of when they do care so much that they're like okay we gotta get we got we gotta get things in place and we gotta we gotta go 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 to forget that you need to take a step back and you need to first start by like you said listening that's not just about listening on the day that an event happens and checking in on the on you know that week but setting up time with with key stakeholders whether if you're small enough whether that's you know every employee or if you're bigger if that's randomly selected employees from each team making sure that you're saying hey like we want <laughs> we want to make this a better place for you to work and a safer place for you to work so tell us what would make you feel safer it, it's it sounds so simple but I think either it gets lost in the action or it gets lost in, okay, we're going to analyze all of the data and like see how many percentage of what community we have and blah, 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 and how long does our process take and all this stuff. And then you forget to like get qualitative data as well. Do you have any, and totally fine if you don't, but do you have any like uh, simple tips that someone who really has no idea kind of where to start could could start with in implementing three? I know you gave some suggestions of like goals, but maybe like a first even baby step that can kind of just get those wheels turning yeah first take a you know take a minute and really look at your employee demographic like I do think like data is important and and you know sometimes it doesn't even take data um, for you to kind of just look at your employees and see where they come from and not just from a um, racial um, background or a socioeconomic background, but, you know, an experiential background, things that you can't even, you know, like determine if people feel unsafe to disclose, right? And right. so I think if you take a minute and just, just look at your demographic, right? And then from there, if either one, you are unhappy with what you're seeing, determine how you got to that point. You know, is it because if it came from the top, did the top make certain decisions without being able to analyze, you know, the impact that it had to excluding certain groups? Um, did it go into your recruiting? Does it grow? Does it look at the way that you're paying employees? You know, is mm-hmm. does it have to do with compensation? Um, you know, look at who you're, you know, speaking to in terms of, you know, work. Um, and how you build connections with, with your company. Like, does it have to do anything like that? You know, I think how you start a company and the decisions that go into starting a company, those decisions are, you know, what helps you decide, okay, this is where we, this is why our demographic looks like a demographic. And I think it's really up to you as the employer 
to say, okay, how exactly are you going to fix the issue? Mm-hmm. Um, and if that means, okay, I can't do it without getting, you know, the experiences of the people who we want more of, then go to those people yourselves. Mm-hmm. Ask, you know, how can I support you? So it can be the sole person of color, you know, in, in, in a department, or it can be, you know, the sole people of color in a certain environment. It can be the only woman in a certain environment. Like, and, and I think if you go to them and genuinely say, hey, we want to be able to build initiatives, but we don't know exactly where to start, it's okay to share that. Because yeah. I think once you show an employee that you're willing to take the next steps and you're willing to change, I think that will create a light in other employees to then say, okay, hey, I was actually waiting for you to say something. Mm-hmm. I think this would be super helpful. And so, yeah, I think, again, it just, like, go back to the basics, like, go back to the, the footprint or the blueprint where your company or your teams kind of just started from, and you'll see that a lot of times it's unintentional, right? A yeah. lot of times it's just, it just so happened to be the head of marketing, just so happened to hire people that day, um, uh, recently worked with um, in previous companies and they also happen to also be white and from the same background you know it's yeah. you know it's certain decisions here and there that people don't think of but at the end of the day when once your company is uh, is 200 people and you realize that everybody kind of hired the same people, people yeah you know you 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 realize okay that's where it came from um, and you know if you realize that for a long time, you didn't really build a fully built out compensation philosophy. And all you did was, you know, offer one person one thing. And if they asked for a higher raise, you, you went ahead and gave it to them because you thought that they'd be a valuable employee. Turns out men are willing to ask for more than mm. women. Most of or the ask time. at all. And that's why you have a man and a woman who are working the same exact job, having the same exact job, job title, have two different salaries only because the man asked for more in the beginning. And if you had just, you know, asked for a good amount or just offered a good amount to both employees, um, you wouldn't be having this problem. And so, yeah. um, you know, I think, again, this is all back to, you know, your foundations and your principal policies that you can change anytime. Um, yeah, it, it's more of realizing, okay, that's where it came from. This is where these disparities came from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I feel like well thought out and intentional standardization of processes. Yes, is is the best friend to lasting, sustainable, healthy diversity, Absolutely. and 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 diverse support. And you were talking about you know, if you've got that sole person of color or only two women on your team or whatever it may be, like going to them and saying, hey, we want to make, we want to make this an inclusive environment for everyone. And that includes you, but we don't know how to start. Remembering that that is saying, that is a conversation of tell me what you need. Like, tell me, tell me what your concerns are, not tell me how to fix it and not tell me what the plan is. 
Right. Unless you are going to give them a consensual promotion along with a generous raise, their emotional labor, which is what asking that kind of question of like, how do I fix systemic racism, essentially, um, like you're not asking them for their emotional labor. You are genuinely asking them with concern what do you need to be well supported and to feel safe and then you take that information and you pay someone to do it with it do something with it really being intentional about that and i know it sounds ridiculous that i need to say it but believing people when they tell you something especially about their own experience i think that gets said a lot and sometimes even I'm like, this feels redundant at this point, but you have to remember that every time it gets said, there's the possibility that someone that's never heard it before is listening or that wasn't in the right mind state to really have it connect last time they hear it, it could be listening. So I guess I'm just a broken record is what I'm saying for the sake of us all. <laughs> well, I guess that brings me to me, brings us to me. My turn. Yes, indeed. <laughs> yes, indeed. My first one or my number one is taking a taking a step back. Things that you can do now, regardless of what's going on. Decide now who you want to be, how you want to be perceived, like what you are willing to do to support employees. Because in the heat of the moment when you know people are trying to deal with often often deal with reminders that they are not safe at any given moment in this country or that this reminder that their their life is really really worthless to to a lot of people in this country like when you're trying to process that is not is not the time to make decisions of you know what you are and aren't willing to say where like how you are and aren't willing to show up you want to really take the step back I recommend that any company or representative that's listening right now take the time right now to say what are we going to stand for? What What is the desired effect on all of our employees when we're responding to these kind of, these kind of events, especially because these really big public events often impact different people in very vastly different ways. And so you need to be prepared to take that into consideration. You need to be prepared to take into consideration that, you know, maybe having a whole discussion about it for some employees will be really, really helpful and make them feel way more supported. But, excuse me, for others, it might just make them feel uncomfortable or vice versa. Maybe you don't do anything and make some employees very comfortable, but especially now when the concept of silence as support is really circulating end up alienating another whole other section um so just kind of like reflecting on that before you need it deciding 
response templates or procedure or whatever before you need it. Um, I think it's definitely, definitely my number one and um, just generally top of mind. Coming in, my number two was like just the simple act of, of checking in and how how impactful that can be when it feels so strong. But you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna give us a solid second a solid separate one. Take the time when something does happen to make sure that you at least solidly, if if not deeply, understand the layers to the event. Um, understand mm-hmm. obviously what the facts are and what happened on surface level, but remember that no event, no words spoken, no actions taken are outside of the context of the history of this country, of the history of your company, of each individual in your company. Like there is context to everything and try to make sure that you consult someone who does understand, understand or what that context looks like for a specific event. And obviously, again, doing previous research and, and having previous understanding of what, what has happened up to this point in our history is really helpful. So that you, are, you don't have to, you're not like starting from scratch when there's also chaos everywhere. But yeah, really understanding like, how does, how does this verbal attack tie back to or reference this event 30, 50, 70 years ago, because that context is A, just going to give you more perspectives from which to think about the event and whatever your response is, and B, is going to help you understand how this can might be affecting different people. I recently did a like online certification, whatever. Does it count? I don't know. <laughs> for like an introduction to ACE, um, adverse childhood experiences, essentially childhood trauma, how it affects the brain, how it comes, how, how it comes to affect a grown child and kind of like how to approach things from a trauma informed lens. And, and the thought process behind that is you treat everyone in every situation like the person you're dealing with could have trauma because a the likelihood is high but b it doesn't hurt anyone to treat them you know with with the patience and respect and thoughtfulness that you would treat someone if they have trauma but it's wildly harmful to do the flip to to end up treating someone that does have trauma without that thoughtfulness and i kind of I kind of think about it like that, where if it's an, a, a, a big event and it's clearly like violent or a really aggressive or just like very blatantly disrespectful to a group of people, assume that these kind of things have happened little by little and over and over and over to people in that community leading up to this point. So it's not just one event that's really shitty to watch and hurts to hear about it's again the context it's that time when you were you know when you were three and someone didn't want their kid playing with you it's that 
time when you were 10 and they thought that you were stealing something Mm. or you know it's whatever that diagnosis that you didn't get because they didn't want to take you seriously you know what I mean like it's it's these this whole lifetime of of working with and through different different traumas different impactful events um so yeah kind of like uh, taking everything with a trauma-informed lens whether that be childhood trauma whether that be racial trauma whether that be generational mental health sexual orientation any any of the any of the, the things um so yeah I think that that's my number two and when I say I think I'm working on being more assertive in my my language that is my number two love that um and I think your second point is so good I think because you're right a lot of companies are just very reactional or you know are very close-minded on okay this is what happened let's try and figure out you know what we can do about this specific event when actually you're tackling something that goes beyond that um and you know needs needless to say just like how you can't take on the gender pay gap without looking at the history of it or you can't mm-hmm. take you can't um talk about racial disparities in the work workforce without talking about the history of it you also can't you know talk about mental health in the workplace without being able to speak to all the layers that come with mm-hmm. the fact that when once you bring someone on once you hire a person you are expected to be able to support them and who they are as a person and you can't look at who they are as a person without looking at their experiences even Mm -hmm. when if it comes goes all the way back to their childhood because you know what even if you like it or not they're gonna have to bring that to work and let's be honest you being like the general you like we're all coming to the table with some stuff from childhood that's still affecting us so don't absolutely. act like they're the only one <laughs> absolutely absolutely I, I know some ceos who's def- definitely <laughs> had some childhood traumas for sure but you're absolutely right um and just like if you were going to have a conversation with a friend you know you can't just look at things one way and decide oh I'm gonna fix this by looking at this one way it's Mm -hmm. never gonna work out like that exactly and we never approach a friend's problems being like hello stranger I know nothing about you so just tell me what's happening in this very situation and then I will you know diagnose you or prescribe you a solution Ah, no exactly like we we approach issues in our personal lives with the information that we've gathered about this person or about this situation and putting that into our decision making so why wouldn't we do it on this larger scale um also you touched on mental health and I just want to remind people because I think I don't know about you but I kind of do forget sometimes how violent of a history there is behind the stigmatization of mental health Absolutely. And it's not that far behind us. Like my parents were alive when people were still being freaking lobotomized, getting lobotomies, like all the wild stuff that was happening in asylums and in households and all of the, all of that, you know, that, that also, also plays into it um, and gets easily overshadowed by the more 
public histories because, you know, racial discrimination was in signs on on restaurant doors and was it is shown with beatings in the street and mm. and the same with with sexual orientation like these things are very publicly denounced i guess whereas the mental health issue was more behind closed doors because no one wanted to talk about it. you didn't hear about you know so-and-so's sister who might quote not have been quite right you don't you know they they just kind of disappeared and you never talked about it again um so making sure you have a strong understanding of and 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 um awareness of that portion of diversity inclusion belonging supporting employees whatever you want to call it yeah I mean, let's not even get into like the history of employment for people with disabilities, even. So we're not. Oh, that is. Uh, that's uh, This could. This episode is gonna last uh, five hours long, but you know. It's yeah. disgusting, and I'll leave it at that. <laughs> Whew. we got a lot to work on as a country. We got a lot to work on, but I gotta keep hoping that we're we're gonna we're working on it, and that it's gonna actually make a difference. Because otherwise, why would I wake up? And I think we are. I think, you know, at the end of the day, like I said, hope is what keeps us going. And hope is hope is what we got. Hope is what we got. Hope is what we got. Deb, I'm holding on to you as, as a little bit of my hope. Just a, just a little bit. Not in a, like, unhealthy, dependent manner. But the start of 2021 really took a blow to my hope for... For like a couple weeks, it really like in a way that it hasn't before mm. was just it it was hard to grasp onto. I'm mm. I'm coming back. I'm on the You're up and up. Back. You're I'm, gonna come back so much stronger than ever. Oh my god. Yeah, my and hope is gonna be knocking, unshakable. We're gonna be knocking down those doors of like, fear pass, pass. Yes. yes, you are. As we knock down uh fear stores in the first episode of the season. Uh, Niara, do you want to remind our fresh viewers where they can find us? I sure do. They can find us on Instagram at persisting underscore in underscore color. They can email us at persistingincolor at gmail.com. They can listen to us wherever they're listening to this, but like your average platform, Spotify, Apple Music, the fun stuff. Um yeah we're always open to constructive feedback we are always open to suggestions or questions from listeners um send us your like positive stories so that i i mean i'm really just being selfish i just want to hear some positivity honestly (laughs) i will see you all in a few weeks and until next time yep we'll be back in two mondays bye guys bye